Bitcoin, or any other cryptocurrency. That's the sound of the money truck backing up to your front door, Hoss. Nobody's going to put money into a crazy scheme like that. Okay, here comes the catch. This has to cost a lot of money. Bitcoin, or any other cryptocurrency. Bye, bye, bye! Yes, the money is good. We don't have that much time left. Let's talk rocket ships. First, Bitcoin. Three, two, one. This is Crypto Karma with the sensei of cryptocurrency, Nick Green. Welcome to Crypto Karma, the show that teaches you about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. With Bitcoin, you must strike first and strike fast. This is the fastest moving market in the world, and it is always moving at the speed of crypto. We are going to talk about the world of cryptocurrency, investing, trading Bitcoin, up-to-date news and happenings in the world of blockchain and Bitcoin. We're going to discuss NFTs, the DeFi network, and about other cryptocurrencies, including Dogecoin, Uniswap, Ethereum, and more. I am Nick Green, and this is brought to you by JWH Finance, the best direct mortgage lender in the industry. So I got into this digital space in 2017. I was introduced to cryptocurrency in 2017. When I got into the digital space, I bought my first Litecoin for only $20. Today, that same Litecoin is worth $200. I've been a mortgage lender and broker since 1999. I'm licensed in multiple states, and I've worked with a secondary market and wholesale lending. Now, strictly a mortgage direct lender for residential lending, and I offer, of course, the lowest fees and rates always guaranteed. We're going to talk about how I increased my holdings and value 1,500% in just the past 12 months alone. And you can take advantage and do the same thing because right now we are in the best bull market cryptocurrency has ever seen. They come around only every 3.5 to 4 years. So right now we are at the cusp of the bull market that nobody has ever seen before. Most Bitcoin analysts predict that Bitcoin will be over $150,000 by the end of this year, which is crazy because right now Bitcoin's about $60,000. That is up over 1,500% in just the past 16 months alone. Now's the time to get into the Bitcoin space and take advantage of everything that cryptocurrencies have to offer because this is definitely the way of the future. Now, everybody is always asking, is it too late to get involved? The short answer is no. Bitcoin has been around for only about 12 years. And in those 12 years, we have experienced what is now the third bull cycle. They last anywhere from 8 to 16 months, and in some cases longer. And now that we have hit a tipping point with institutions, we really have a long way to go. There is no turning back now. Bitcoin is here to stay. Next up on Crypto Karma, fact or fiction? Over the years, the mainstream media has declared Bitcoin dead over 400 times. That's literally 400 clickbaits, over 400 news stations, stories about the tulip bubble, the economic bubble, how Bitcoin is not going to make it, that it's used by criminals. Well, the fact is, Bitcoin is still not dead. Even recently, Janet Yellen, who is back again working with our good old Treasury Department, has described Bitcoin as nefarious, a currency used only for money laundering, an illicit activity. Well, guess what? That's false. 100% fiction. The truth is, the US dollar is used for over 90% of all illicit activities. That includes money laundering. That includes drug sales, trafficking. You name it, there is nothing more widely used in the world than the US dollar. It could be that it's easy to counterfeit. It could be that it's hard to trace. The fact is, 
Bitcoin is 100% traceable. By using the blockchain and its ledger, we can keep track of every movement any Bitcoin makes. And here is a Crypto Karma sidebar. I want to explain blockchain to you real quick, courtesy of Euromoney.com. The easiest definition of what a blockchain is, is basically a system of recording information in a way that makes it difficult or impossible to change, impossible to hack, or even cheat the system. This is by far the most beautiful part of the blockchain and why it's immutable. The blockchain is essentially a digital ledger of transactions that is duplicated and distributed across the entire network of computer systems on the blockchain. Each block in the chain contains a number of transactions, and every time a new transaction occurs on the chain, a record of that transaction is added to each participant's ledger. The decentralized database managed by multiple participants is known as the Distributed Ledger Technology, or DLT. Remember, this is a decentralized system. There is no middleman, and there's no one person in charge. The blockchain is a type of DLT in which transactions are recorded with an immutable cryptographic signature. That's called a hash. So when you hear the term of a hash rate, that's exactly what they're talking about. This means if one block in one chain is changed or tampered with, it would be immediately apparent to everybody in the blockchain system. If hackers wanted to corrupt a blockchain, they would have to change every single block in the chain. And that's, well, pretty much impossible because of all the different ledgers that are keeping account and holding this blockchain accountable that they'll be alerted anytime tampering were to take place. Blockchains such as Bitcoin and Ethereum are constantly and continually growing as blocks are being added to the chain with each transaction. And this significantly adds to the security of the ledger. And this is Crypto Karma, Factor Fiction number two. Most people say, I don't have enough money to buy a whole Bitcoin. I don't have 50 or $60,000 laying around. Do I need to buy a whole thing? No, you don't. That's fiction. You could buy just a fraction of a Bitcoin. You could spend a dollar. You could spend $100. You could buy a half. Your gains will be relative to the amount of Bitcoin you own. And the amount of Bitcoin you own is going to be in value, well, relative to the price of Bitcoin. So there's really no upside or downside other than getting more of it. A little piece of a Bitcoin is better than not having any at all. And a little piece of a Bitcoin is also known as a Satoshi or a SAT. So a lot of people who accumulate Bitcoin, they dollar cost average their way in. And that's called stacking SATs because you're preparing for the future and you're building up to own an entire one. And think about this. There is not enough Bitcoin in the world for every millionaire to own one. That's right. Only 21 million Bitcoin will ever exist. So that gives this a lot of value and it makes it a finite resource. A fun fact about that is about 20% of Bitcoin in circulation have been lost forever, literally gone. People have lost their computers. They've lost their keys, their digital wallets. A lot of people just gave up on Bitcoin. A lot of the early adapters who got into it and didn't have the patience or maybe the vision, they just gave it away or threw it away, tossed out their computer, forgot about their keys. Well, Bitcoin was under a dollar for couple years and by by the time it got to 10 bucks a lot of time has already passed then to a hundred dollars really didn't move and of course in its first bear market it crashed about 90 percent so that scared a lot of people away but the fact is that so many people have lost their bitcoin there's a lot of would-be millionaires out there 
one of the most famous cases that just recently came to light is radio host Alex Jones was given 10,000 Bitcoin by Bitcoin advocate Max Kaiser back in 2009. Well, at that time, Bitcoin was worth about $4. Good old Alex Jones lost the laptop that he was holding his Bitcoin on, and therefore he ended up losing all of his Bitcoin. That means 11 years later, if Alex Jones kept his Bitcoin, that 10,000 Bitcoin would be worth about $563 million today. That means he lost $563 million. And guess what? He's not the only one. Many, many, many people have. And the more that's lost, in a weird way, it actually increases the value because it brings down the supply of Bitcoin that's available for everybody out there. So just imagine, if every millionaire in America wanted to own one Bitcoin, well, they couldn't. There's about 30 million people in America that are liquid for a million dollars or more. And knowing there's only 21 million Bitcoin out there and 20% are lost and about 53% of all Bitcoin have been held in digital wallets for years by people who have no plans of giving it up or selling it soon. Because a lot of people are looking to the future, believing that Bitcoin could be worth a million dollars one day. And that's really not far from reality. You just have to be patient. If it's grown that much in 10 years, imagine what it could be worth 10 years from now. And here is another crypto karma sidebar. So a lot of you are probably wondering, what is a Satoshi? And what is stacking sats? And why is it called a Satoshi? Well, that's a very important thing. In the world of Bitcoin, everybody knows Satoshi Nakamoto. Satoshi Nakamoto is the person or entity or people that the cryptocurrency and blockchain community give credit for creating the first Bitcoin. Of course, there's a bit of a story behind it, and Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever that is, definitely did not work alone. Bitcoin was created by the cypherpunks. Well, who are the cypherpunks? Cypherpunks write code. We know that someone has to write software to defend privacy, and we're going to write it. Well, that was Eric Hughes, the Cypherpunks Manifesto, 1993. Basically, in 1992, there were three Bay Area computer scientists. They launched a new mailing list for discussing cryptography, mathematics, politics, and philosophy. They called the members of this mailing list the Cypherpunks, which basically is a little teaser off of play on words for a cyberpunk. That's the genre of dystopian science fiction, ciphers, and the staple of cryptography. The cypherpunks were a very eclectic crew, but they all shared a core conviction that the internet would soon become an important battleground for human freedom. Well, they knew this back in 1992, and look at where we are now. Talk about a battleground on the internet. Well, these guys were definitely ahead of their time. Back in the early 90s, cyberspace was still the domain of nerds, hobbyists, hackers, geeks alike. But the cypherpunks believed that it was only a matter of time before the internet would become central to society. And once governments understood how to control the internet and how important it was in not just banking and communication, but day-to-day -day activities and data, tracking and learning and watching people and everybody's movements, well, they knew the government would want to control it, monitor it, and even censor it. And here we are now today in... 2021 in America, the land of the free, facing censorship on the internet, on every social media platform, and pretty much every aspect of our lives. So these guys knew something, and they were right, and they were right a long time ago. Well, as they started to create what turned into Bitcoin, they were writing code. And as they were writing code, they wanted to develop a peer-to-peer -peer system where one person could send money to another person without relying on 
an intermediary. That's basically a third party or a banking institution. They want to keep government's hands out of their money. So in the preservation of privacy and continuity, Bitcoin was created. Well, the funny thing is this code and this desire for privacy and to leave the government out of our financial lives, that they are able to intertwine themselves in so easily. One of the punks, Satoshi Nakamoto is what he called himself, actually picked up their code and was able to complete what their mission was. And he created Bitcoin with his own manifesto called the White Paper. You can find this online and it's basically a great introduction of what the blockchain is, how Bitcoin works, and what the intentions of Satoshi Nakamoto were. Well, this was a long time ago. Obviously, uh, late 90s through the early 2000s, that code was written, the white paper was written, and a lot of very intelligent minds put their heads together to create a currency that would be a pure peer-to-peer -peer network. It would be global. It would not shut down with the stock market. It would not be closed on Sundays. It would not be controlled by the government. Nobody would tell you how much you could send or how little. Nobody's going to ask for a memo. And the best part is you're not going to have to wait three to five business days for your transaction to show up halfway around the world. What Bitcoin does and what their intentions were is to create pretty much instant remittance that you could send a family member in Russia, China, Brazil, Canada. It doesn't matter. Anywhere in the world, you could send this value of Bitcoin digitally. And in theory, they would receive it almost instantaneously. And the value is the same value no matter what country you're in. So it pretty much negates the need for a central bank, which obviously central bankers aren't happy about. It also eliminates the need of needing a third party or government to help validate your transactions since that's what the blockchain is for. So the whole idea was to keep your money private and to keep it yours and to keep it out of the hands of, well, big government. So Satoshi Nakamoto mined what's known as the Genesis block, or the very first block of the Bitcoin blockchain on January 3rd, 2009. Satoshi is known to have about 1 million Bitcoin. And the funny thing is that we're able to actually see his wallet online. And the whole community keeps an eye on it every day, basically, because as I said earlier, Bitcoin is traceable. You can watch it on the internet and you can watch its every move. So people are always watching to see when is Satoshi Nakamoto going to move his coins? He's by far one of the richest men on the planet, if it is a man or even if he's alive. So Satoshi Nakamoto is definitely one of the richest men in the planet. But of course, we don't know that he's a man or even if he's alive. The truth is those coins can move at any time and we'd be able to watch where they go. We may not know who owns the wallet that moves them, but we could watch those transactions. We could identify the country he's in, or she, or they. And we are all on pins and needles, basically watching for Satoshi to show himself. Here's the thing. Do we want to know who Satoshi Nakamoto is? I think the ambiguity of not knowing this person, not really being able to identify him to a country, not being able to tie him in, does a lot more for the value of Bitcoin, and it adheres to the strict privacy that it allows us. It's a really interesting dynamic because if people knew who Satoshi Nakamoto was, would it bring down the value? Well, that's questionable. Bitcoin pretty much is a force to be reckoned with and trading at a $1.5 trillion market cap as of today. Bitcoin is worth more than Facebook and Apple. In fact, Bitcoin is one of the most valuable asset classes on the planet. So imagine if one person created it, 
They would probably have access to maybe a backdoor, maybe a secret code that was written, or maybe just the way that they created the very first blockchain in this new era of, of money. It's a new economy. It's digital. Well, I'm sure any government would like to get their hands on that, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people who think they could buy this person or people and try to control Bitcoin. Well, the fact is it's not that easy to manipulate, and it's probably better that nobody knows who he is. I don't want to know who it is. I like surprises. But the truth is, I think this mystery really adds to the value of Bitcoin. At the very least, it makes it seem really third party, something created almost magically, kind of out of thin air. Well, in the cryptoverse, in the digital universe, it is the, the, the leader, it's the benchmark, it's the gold standard of a new economy that is now a very integral part of the world that we live in. So. Not knowing who Satoshi Nakamoto is, well, that's probably a good idea. The thing about Bitcoin is it's not even the best cryptocurrency anymore. There are faster cryptocurrencies. Some will say that's better. They have different purposes, remittances, big transactions, small transactions. You could buy a house, you could buy a car, you could instantly transfer money halfway around the world and have it recognized in just a matter of seconds. There's Digibyte, there's Ripple, there's Litecoin which is basically the silver to Bitcoin's gold. So as we travel down the world of the future of Bitcoin, it's just as important to know where it came from, what it is, and what this all means. Knowing that the creators were able to see into the future is really only going to help us understand the dynamic and relationship that we're going to have with Bitcoin. Well, it's already there. It's a part of our society. We use it every day. If you use a Starbucks app, you are on a blockchain, basically. You're using digital money. In fact, you don't even carry cash. Most people, and by most, I mean about 80 to 90% of Americans, don't carry cash on them. And all those transactions are made basically with the power of a digital currency. Sometimes it's your bank, sometimes it's connected to fiat, but the truth is the world is changing. So now you could take advantage and benefit, make a whole lot of money, and really, really, really dive into the world of cryptocurrency and you could be a part of this great emerging market and the future of money because Bitcoin's here to stay. In fact, blockchain has been with us for quite a few years. So as we move forward in the future, of course, you could choose to be a part of it or you could stand on the sidelines and watch it pass you by because Bitcoin waits for nobody. Always moving at the speed of crypto. And here is a Crypto Karma fun fact. The very first transaction for tangible good from Bitcoin was back on May 22nd, 2010, and it was used for two Papa John pizzas. Believe it or not, pizzas were the first thing purchased with Bitcoin. And back then, it cost 10,000 Bitcoin to purchase two pizzas. That's right, 11 years later, that pizza is now worth about $550 million. Well, that's a whole lot to swallow, and I'm sure the person who sold 10,000 Bitcoin, uh, he's full of regret right now. I'll tell you that, and he does not own Papa John's. So don't be that man. Hold on to your Bitcoin. That's called HODL. And what you're going to do is hold on to it for dear life because spending it is only giving that transfer of wealth, that value, to somebody else. Well, since the first Bitcoin purchase was a pizza, you're probably wondering, well, what could I do with Bitcoin today? The amazing thing is Bitcoin has been used for literally millions of transactions all over the world. People have purchased homes, cars, even small goods, peer-to-peer -peer transactions, 
There's a lot of things. If you were to go to Craigslist, you'd find out that people are specifically asking for Bitcoin, Litecoin, and other cryptocurrencies instead of cash. Because, you know, the dollar is just not what it's cracked up to be. It's basically printed out of thin air. It's not backed by gold anymore. And in fact, our government just printed $1.2 trillion. That's one third of America's GDP. And it's backed by nothing. So basically, the value of our dollar is going to continue to go down while Bitcoin continues to go up. And the funny thing is, Bitcoin's not just about speculation or for people who want to get rich. Every day, the Bitcoin network settles about $10 billion worth of transactions. Well, Bitcoin's average daily transaction is 305,000 transactions. That's actually not very far behind Fedwire, which is the Federal Reserve's settlement system for wire transfers between financial institutions. They're at about 550,000 transactions every day. Now, some of the Bitcoin transactions obviously represent investment purchases, people making their first purchase or buying their first Satoshi. Some of them are speculation. Some's a store of value. Some of these Bitcoin transactions are regular use like a remittance in between nations overseas because it does settle in real time and the fees are much lower than using SWIFT. But especially in the South, the World Economic Forum estimates that 32% of Nigerians own Bitcoin and they use it for peer-to-peer -peer payments. Well, that's because they lost faith in their government and their monetary system years ago. And the one thing that has been holding the economy together is Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies like Digibyte and Litecoin. In regimes like Russia and Belarus, Bitcoin is sometimes the only way to fund an anti-corruption effort and to fund protest. It's pretty useful that way. In fact, we're finding out that Bitcoin is pretty useful all over the world. As governments are corrupt and monetary values drop, well, people are going to turn to digital currencies because they need stability. They also don't always trust their governments. And that's not a bad thing because 2021 has shown us that it's not always the best thing to do. And we also learned that in 2020 and some of you in 2019. So today, you could use cryptocurrencies in a lot of places you probably didn't even know about. There are thousands of corporations that actively trade, hold, accept Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Those corporations include Rayscale, MicroStrategy, Santander Bank, JP Morgan, Bank of America, Microsoft, Amazon, Apple. You get the picture? It's going to just keep growing. And not everybody has admitted that they have Bitcoin. In fact, NASDAQ recently announced that they're going to be opening up a crypto desk. You could buy future speculation. There's ETFs. In fact, this market is really, really growing more mainstream than a lot of people realize. Each day, more institutions are integrating blockchain technology and the use of cryptocurrency. In fact, it's happening all around you. I think everybody knows that one of the most successful companies in the world right now is, of course, Tesla. Well, it's no surprise that Elon Musk, who is a huge fan of Dogecoin, the whole cryptocurrency and financial freedom movement, is an advocate for Bitcoin. He's been using blockchain technology on his cars. The autonomous self-driving, well, that's used with the help of blockchain technology. There's a whole lot more behind it. And I think a lot of people know, as the media likes to report, that Tesla bought 1.2 billion dollars of bitcoin well what does that mean well what that means is tesla took a lot of their liquid assets and reserves and they converted it into bitcoin so bitcoin is now on the tesla balance sheet obviously a lot of other companies are going to follow the footsteps of tesla but what does that really mean for tesla are they just hedging their bets or trying to diversify well, i think it goes beyond that a very smart thing that elon musk did is not only did he diversify the balance sheet so that they can make a profit and exponentially grow, but the media doesn't like to report Elon Musk bought Bitcoin at $33,000 in 2020. That means Elon Musk and Tesla have made a profit of almost 
$1 billion in less than six months. These are incredible numbers. And Tesla is not going to be the last company to do this. It's obviously happening all around you. There's 28,000 ATMs that will sell you Bitcoin in the United States alone. We all know Coinstar. We've put change in there to get a receipt and cash that out for fiat. Well, back in 2019, Coinstar has an option to send Bitcoin to your personal wallet address. All around us, we are watching blockchain, cryptocurrencies, and Bitcoin go mainstream. It is more accessible than you think. Amazon accepts Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies at many, many, many of their retailers that they own. There are apps that will convert your fiat into crypto and you can spend the crypto. And then of course there's apps that will take your crypto and let you spend crypto directly. The funny thing about that is what a lot of people don't realize since there are many cryptocurrencies to choose from, the one with the most finite supply, the one that's most valuable, the one that's been around the longest, Bitcoin, the gold of cryptocurrencies, spending it may not be a good idea. You got to think that these companies, well, they know more than us and they've been accumulating for quite some time. So when they sell you that good or service and they accept your Bitcoin, don't think they're going to put that back in circulation. So the reason that these companies are going to hold on to your Bitcoin and not put it back in circulation is the old adage, he who owns the gold makes the rules. Well, today, he who owns the Bitcoin will be making the rules of the future. So that was our first episode of Crypto Karma, which is now locked in the blockchain. I hope you had a good time and learned a lot of good things because this market is ever changing. And what would a show be without a price prediction? Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that within the next 30 days, by the end of April, Bitcoin's going to top $75,000. I could be wrong, but I literally have money betting on it. So thank you so much for joining us. And this show has been brought to you by JWH Finance. Go to jwhfinance.com and you could choose me, Nick Green, to help with all your refinancing or purchase needs as a direct lender for you. Thank you for joining us and we're going to see you next week. Remember, strike first and strike fast. Always move at the speed of crypto. Explore the cryptocurrency universe with Nick Green on Crypto Karma. Learn about Bitcoin and blockchain, Ethereum, Dogecoin, and more. Buy and sell and trade and learn how to make some serious money with digital currency. Crypto Karma. Strike first, strike fast. Saturday at 9 a.m. on KPPF. And hear the podcast on Podbean. Crypto Karma.